legends like Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Anthony Irwin. Like this guy here. His name is Fagan. Harrison Fagan. Welcome back to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Harrison Fagan. I don't even think this is necessarily a Lakers Lounge, but I think we're kind of switching around the order of things this week because of uh, the guests that we have lined up. The Lakers won their second consecutive NBA game. They beat the San Antonio Spurs 125-121 to in overtime in San Antonio. Uh, Anthony Davis bounces back after tweaking his knee and freaking everybody out. Russell Westbrook plays his best game as a Laker. But we start with the biggest story of the evening. Harrison Fagan. His name is Fagan is on the show with me, Harrison. How are you doing, bud? We haven't talked in forever. You know, it's I could tell the basketball season is back because my carpal tunnel is back. So like that's when <laughs> that's when we know that basketball has officially returned. I had like three or four like maybe yeah, like two months like that were like blessedly free of my hands hurting all the time. And then it's like, you know, we're like now we're like two weeks into basketball season and it's back. So I'm back. <laughs> I'm ready to podcast and not write. Take a break from the keyboard. It's time. We got to get you like uh we got to get you one of those mics that you could just speak into the computer with and type out stuff. You know, I've way. looked into it. The the stuff is just like my first of all, my brain doesn't really work like that. Like that's not how yeah, the words flow through me. Um you know, as a speaker rather than <laughs> as a typer. See, One day I'll you teach go. you my Evidence tricks. right there. Uh, and so I, I think that, you know, that's part of it. And it's just not accurate enough. But, yeah, you know. Well, I have missed you. The, the The audience has missed you. I'm glad that you're back. And I'm glad that you're back on the night where the Lakers won. And you don't have to hear me rant and rave that much. As oh, much. man. I saw some of your tweets tonight. And I was like, oh, if they lose this game, this is going to be. This is going to be a, a like a warm or like not warm, a, a rude awakening to coming back to podcasting, <laughs> like having to talk you off the ledge if they had lost this one tonight. I mean, I still stand by those things, even despite you stand the loss. by the ledge. You're you're I, still you're you're still on it. You're just like you're not ready. You're not getting ready to jump, but you're like camping out near it. Right, right. I've backed like I've backed away. I'm still technically on it. Like my foot is still over the edge, but but I'm 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 you know. It's my arches that are on the on the edge now. You it's have not, not my, like, like com- completely committed to falling over yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have a ton to get to from this game. It was an interesting one. LeBron James sat out. Uh, he is resting that that bum ankle that terrified everybody, including himself. Uh, he said after that last game, no shit, not again. And I think every single Laker fan can relate out there. I and think like, that's pretty lot... much what everyone said universally. Yeah, just like every, not even just Laker fans, just like, you know, everybody but LeBron haters were like, oh, not again. Come on. Uh, but he, he, you know, he was questionable to go. He was downgraded to questionable and then eventually made his way to being out, which paved the way for Russell Westbrook to just kind of have the keys in a typical Russell Westbrook against a mediocre team type of game. And he looked like Russell Westbrook against a mediocre type of game where he had the keys. And 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 by the way, like some of that is going to sound like a slight, 
I mean it more as like, this is why you got Russell Westbrook, which was what like every single person that I follow on Twitter was tweeting after that game was like, uh, this is why you get Russell Westbrook. He goes for 33 points, uh, 10 rebounds, eight assists, uh, and, and three steals, which was, which was interesting. I think he gambled a little too much on some of his steals and, and he got caught, uh, kind of falling asleep in, in some of the other moments. Uh, but it was like that's the that's the ideal or the typical Russell Westbrook game at this stage of his career, and that's kind of where I wanted to start. Was like, was there anything that we could learn from this game moving forward whenever LeBron is out, or is this just kind of like, is this just Russ in this kind of circumstance? Yeah, I mean, I think it's mostly that because, yeah. you know, I mean, if you have LeBron so out there, you're not going to turn LeBron into Malik Monk or Melo or something like that. Like, that's just not ever how he's going to play. That would be misusing him. You wouldn't do that just to get Russ going. But that yeah. said, I mean, you know, the point that you made, like, as cliche as it has become and how many people were saying it, I mean, they're all saying it for a reason. This because was it's right. it's kind true. of all the talk of, you know, how do they fit? How do they, like, all, obviously, all of that is the most important thing because that's going to to be you know you're not planning you're not making this team planning on having one of those guys miss time so you need them to fit at some point but you know the the one a or like the the two on that list of reasons to trade for Russell Westbrook is nights like this where you know I think a lot of the time we talk about Russell Westbrook through the lens of kind of what he doesn't do right or what he does wrong or, you know, like inefficiency or, oh, he, yeah. yeah, he scored this many points, but he used this many shots, you know. And I think, again, there's merits to some of that criticism to a degree. Like, efficiency is important, hot take. But... <laughs> You know, being able to be like a usage sponge at a high level in an NBA game and not like completely embarrass yourself, like be able to put up like close to fit. I believe he was close to 50% shooting tonight total, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in terms of how many shots he took. Over it. Yeah, he was over 50% then. I mean, he was just knifing into the lane, like just being able to get those shots to, to then miss and then have AD clean up or to make them and to be able to just take that many shots in an NBA game. That is an elite skill in and of itself because it means you're generating that many looks that you were able to get off relatively cleanly unless you're just getting blocked every time, which you would not get 30 shots at that point. Your coach would pull mm-hmm. you if you were just getting blocked. Um, and so, I, Unless I think you're that- Rajon Rondo. <laughs> Well, Rondo, that's why Rondo didn't take 30 shots. That's him knowing his limitations. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, totally. But I think, again, this is why you get Russ. You get him because it's like, okay, LeBron is out tonight. We don't need to rush him back onto the court. We don't need him to make this flow. We don't need to run every single thing through Anthony Davis. We can let him continue to be facilitated for and kind of be the best version of himself as that secondary attacker and sometimes primary attacker tonight. But you have Russ to be able to just kind of take over over and I mean yeah sure he's not LeBron but for one night against the Spurs and you know especially in a game where I thought that they were really really low energy in the third and him just never stopping that energizer bunny he was just at the rim over and over and over again in the fourth is really what brought them back and it, it was it was literally what you were envisioning when you were talking about Russ and the energy keeping this team going and kind of like a stereotypical game where they have guys down and he just doesn't let them die that's exactly what played out tonight yeah that third quarter, it looked like it could, you know, they got outscored in the third quarter, 35 to 24, and then came right back and outscored. And I think the there was like an 18-4 run at one point as part of that. Like, it was worse than 35-24. Well, yeah. it was funny because at the end of the third quarter, I think I tweeted out, these are scary moments because you had Russ 
Rondo and Melo out there at the same time, and the Spurs immediately go on a fifteen to two run to end the third quarter. Uh, and 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 yet the the Lakers bounce right back and they outscore them twenty nine to seventeen and force that overtime. I do actually think there are a couple things that can be taken away from this game beyond like this is why you get Russ. One, I think Russ has to look at this tape and see the difference in his drives this game compared to prior games. Where prior games, he's driving to the basket with the intent to pass. I think in this one, he was really driving to the basket with the intent to score. And like you just said a second ago, yes, he took those 27 shots. But if like 14 of them are at the rim, and I don't, I don't know the number off the top of my head right yeah. now. But if, if like half of them are at or around the rim and you're collapsing the defense and that allows Dwight, that allows AD, and in, in, in some unfortunate circumstances, it allows DeAndre Jordan to swoop in and grab an offensive rebound and finish off the, the basket, like that's, that's as good as an assist, right? It's the Mark Jackson assist where he would just kind of throw the ball up on the backboard knowing that like Dale Ellis or, or – uh, Who's there? Who's the big, tall, white guy that they had? I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. But anyway, how dare you rename the Kobe assist on a Lakers podcast? No, Kobe missing assist shots was like... so that your big men can clean it up. That's the Kobe assist, Anthony. No, Kobe, don't. No, Kobe no, 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 no. I'm not letting you do this. No, no, Kobe assists happen like from the mid range. Mark Jackson did it at the rim. Like, no, was... it, we are not. We are not taking a term that is universally known as the Kobe assist or a play universally known as the Kobe assist. No matter where it is from. It, that is known as the nobody has ever called that the Mark Jackson. Assist. I just I'm lost not going to let you sit here and do propaganda to try and get a job at ESPN. This is unbelievable. I'm nobody would have noticed. And then no, Mark Jackson get, is not going to hire gonna be you. The I'm only not, thing that people take from this no. freaking podcast today is that people are going to be screaming at me. How dare you ignore the Kobe assist? But the Kobe You're assist happened here in the mid for some white guy's name. It's like no, I, I don't care about this analogy. <sighs> it is it is Kobe to Bynum and pow. That is the Kobe assist. I'm gonna Google. I'm gonna Google Indiana Pacer, stiff white guy, Rick Smith center. There it is. There yeah, there go. it is. Yeah, but Rick Smith would like just like kind of tap the ball in, and Mark Jackson would consider that an assist. And and I think in this one, Russ had a lot of those Mark Jackson assists because he wasn't shooting them. The assist that he was generating. Kobe would generate them by taking mid-range jumpers. In, or in slightly... the spirit of that, the Spurs were saying, Mama, there goes that man a whole lot tonight, as they just like <laughs> let him continue to go <laughs> so, to the rim. Yeah. yeah. Literally, like, oh, they just shit, like there escorted he went. him there. They're oh. like, Oh, well, thank you, sir. You let us score on the other end. Well, as is polite, we shall let you right into the <laughs> right into the paint. <laughs> but but no, 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 you you joke. You jest. <laughs> but that is literally what teams have been doing to Russ. Like that as they have been begging him. Please, sir, attempt something at the rim. That and would be Russ so, has been, like, reluctant. Just, it's so much funnier if you imagine the Spurs players going back to the timeout and Pop's, like, screaming at them. They're like, this is what you told us to do. You said <laughs> bring him to the rim. He's going to pass it. He's going to telegraph it, and we're going to steal. Right. And then, and then, but he didn't in this game. And, Russ, and, Russ like, remembered that scoring is an option in this game. Like, someone reminded him that he's allowed to both try and pass while also look, trying to score. People, people who listen to the shows regularly, including yourself, the lowdown. What have I been begging of Russ? Just go dunk the goddamn ball, right? Like that's, all, and and guess what he did in this one? He drove right, carved through the defense, challenged somebody at the rim, and punched it in their face. And that's all that. Like I, I really think that's the kind of like while it's very easy, and 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 by the way, not incorrect to just say like. It's kind of difficult because of circumstances and that you want LeBron and Russ to figure out things together. 
totally agree. But in terms of like making that work together, if Russ is this kind of aggressive with the drives that he has, that is a way that he can fit alongside LeBron. He's been trying to be some like kind of soft facilitator, and that was never Russ. That's that's not the kind of Russ that the Lakers want. Or and need. that's exactly what they've said. They've said, we want you to be Russ. We want, like, he's clearly, I think, trying to defer, but I think he's doing it in the wrong way. He still has to do what they got him to do when he has Absolutely. the ball, but he just needs to maybe do it at a lower volume, I think, to make this fit work. And maybe that's the answer is just that he needs to play exactly like this, but just, you know, in his opportunities. Yeah, with fewer more possessions. Kind of, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. have this same mindset when he's, because it's like, I know that it's simple to say, like, oh, like, LeBron is not, you know, a guy that you feel like you have to stay attached to at the hip from at the three-point line, even though, you know, I think statistically he might be the Lakers' best three-point shooter early on, or, like, he's up there. I think Melo may be above him. But LeBron's been up there. Like, he shot the ball well from deep. And it's not like defenses are playing off of him like way more than they are like Austin Reeves or Mello or you know whoever like it's not like they're you know like you know glued to those guys but they're just leaving LeBron wide open that's not happening like Russ can have some facsimile of this level of spacing in the normal games he just has to take advantage of these opportunities yeah I I completely agree and and this kind of brings me to my second point that we can actually take away from this game and it's how important it is that Russ gets just Russ minutes because they are going to get him going because, you know, so far this season, it's been Russ and Rondo or it's been Russ and LeBron. And it's just, we'll talk about Russ and Rondo here in a second because I vomited multiple times over the course of that game. But with, with this one, when it, with, with Russ and LeBron, I understand that they have to play minutes together over the course of the season to develop the reps and, and figure out how they can fit side by side. That is totally and absolutely objectively the right thing to do there. What I also think is very necessary are minutes where Russ can just play alongside somebody who sets pick and rolls for him, and he can get into the key with one roll, you know, one pick setter, screen setter, and then three shooters out there, and just let Russ be Russ. And, and I think, you know, in, in this game, that was something that we already kind of thought this game really hammered that home. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's not like it's that... I think the Lakers have tried to do this a little bit. You know, like, I liked how Frank was the last two games. I don't think they did it on opening night, but the last two games prior to this one... Yeah, they a little had, more of it. You know, yeah, they had Russ go for a quick, the quickest sub. He was, like, out right away, basically, after playing for a couple minutes. And then he would come back in when LeBron went out and just run with AD. And I kind of liked that movement. Like, I again, it's like you said. You know, LeBron plays 30-plus minutes a night. You can't only have Russ play when LeBron's yeah. not playing you got to get them some right. time together but Russ should be playing every single minute that LeBron is not playing like there yes, should never be absolutely. a time when both of them are sitting and to Frank's credit I think they have mostly done that but Russ needs to you know they need to continue and they need to make sure that they're putting an emphasis on making sure that Russ has minutes out there where it's just him to kind of if, if nothing else like you said just get him going yeah and and you know I guess since it's kind of segues naturally Russ Rondo minutes got to start or, or got to stop. Oof. Russ Rondo started. mellow minutes especially have yeah. to stop. Like that just does not work <laughs> on either end of the floor. You're just, yeah. it's just like like defenses. I don't know if the goal, if Frank's goal was to confuse the Spurs into trying like to figure out which matchup they should be hunting. Like maybe that was kind of the goal. They're like, oh, <laughs> mellow. We got Rondo. Like, who are we trying to take advantage of? And they just got so confused that they just turned the ball over. And, you know. He's like, me at a buffet. All you can eat buffet. I'm just like, oh, shit, crab. 
I'm going to run out of space. Steak. I don't know. Yeah. And then you what? just run the shot I, clock out. I guess I'll get a salad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the, I guess I'll get a salad defense. I get like, they're just, they're like, he's just like, oh, maybe they'll get like so overconfident. They'll start pulling up for 38 footers or something like that. Like, I don't know. <laughs> well, Lonnie Walker wasn't far off from doing yeah. that. <laughs> My dude was on fire. Good Lord. Uh, really quick, really quick tangent here before we get back to the Russ Rondo stuff. And I want to explain like why it, it, yeah. it doesn't necessarily work before we just like, cause it's very easy to just say like, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And then not yeah, really no, there explain are like it. functional reasons that this is a bad yeah. idea. Yeah. So I want to, I want to get back to that here in a bit, but like, I also really want to quickly say, because you said Russ Rondo mellow minutes, they don't have very many options outside of that right now because of the way yeah. the roster is yes. put together. And we just saw Avery Bradley put up a meme-worthy <laughs> uh, he, did the, effort. he did the uh, the full Tony Snell, I think it was. Yeah, he went like yeah, the 0-0-0 yeah, yeah, graphic. That was the name I, was yeah. trying, I blinked on. Yeah, so he, he, went, he went full Tony Snell, and you never want to go full Tony Snell. Where I he saw played someone say it's not, it, it, getting paid 35 k for cardio is good work <laughs> if you can get it. <laughs> It was, he was a PE teacher. Yeah. And so like for, for like where, where I'm, I'm watching. <laughs> I just got that. That took me a second. I'm sorry. <laughs> so like I, I, I'm watching, I'm watching this go down and the Lakers, the Lakers tonight played nine guys. And part of that is because Ariza, Ellington, Nunn, and THT are all hurt. Okay. Get and that. Le- and LeBron. Well, LeBron. Well, I, I meant I meant like heading into yeah, the, the game. Like those guys team. had okay. prior injuries. LeBron was a late scratch. So there's there's now you're down to ten guys, and in a game where you only have ten available players, nine of them play. The only guy who doesn't play is Avery Bradley, who's on a non guaranteed contract, anyways. So if you cannot feasibly play Avery Bradley in a game where you only have ten guys available. And you are struggling defensively. The Spurs had 97 points heading into the fourth quarter tonight. And the reason that you have this guy is for his defensive identity. Then what are we doing here? I I don't know that that's totally fair just because I think Avery might have more utility. You know, like if this was a night where LeBron was out there and you just needed like a point guard size player to kind of go in there and defend a point guard while, Mm -hmm. you know, Kent Bazemore's in foul trouble or something and maybe Russ is on the bench or you just need a guy like that while there's someone else out there that can run the offense. Like Avery just can't do that. And so I I think he just was a uniquely bad fit for the guys that they have available. Like he just is not a good fit alongside any of them particularly. And so I think that is kind of more what it was. Whereas if it was like, like, if, it was, if this was the reverse and Russ was sitting out to rest an injury or, you know, just sitting out for rest and LeBron was in, I think Bradley might have gotten in that game. I just think that this was a uniquely poor situation for him to kind of fit in on the floor. I'm not saying that he's, like, a defensive, you know, all-defensive team player, or the best defensive player in the league, like he said, you know, during Warriors camp or whatever. But, like, I think that he yeah. has utility on certain nights, but this was just not one of them. So I don't know that you're being totally fair. I think I am. Yeah, I don't it's think not he a should great sign for him. I, I I agree with you on that. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't think if this is a circumstance, and he had the game that he had a game ago, right when LeBron was available, somebody who you're saying he does fit with, and he goes full Tony Snell when he's playing alongside LeBron James. Sorry, man. Like the 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 the, the Golden State Warriors 
opted to keep Gary Payton the second. He's not Gary Payton Jr., right? No, He's it's Gary, Gary Payton, Payton the second. second. He's the junior junior, or like the yeah. the second after the, the second first junior. junior the, yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. the second after. It goes junior then the second there, but there is a Gary Payton Jr. as well. Too fast, too Gary is right. That's what he's. <laughs> so, but if you, that's so terrible. I should just end the show there. You should just cut that. Honestly, yeah, I know you're not I'm going out. to, but you should. Uh, I'm just, I'm just gonna leave it in, and you guys can judge me for for that. But so, but if he if he can't beat out Gary Payton the second, and and make a a, a Warriors roster. That has the spacing inherently because you have Steph. Like, if he can't do that, and then he steps over here, and he has a game that he had last game, and doesn't get off of the bench on this game, he's not an NBA player anymore. Like, that's it. It's fine. NBA careers end all the time. I I think he's 15th man caliber. That is an incredibly backhanded compliment, but I mean, I think he's... I mean, all right. Who would have more use in this situation? James Ennis... Or Avery Bradley. Well, but Anthony James Ennis's contract wouldn't be non-guaranteed. So, <laughs> well, I mean, we have to keep hammering this home. Like, if the Lakers are going to uh, continue, no, to I'm cheap not letting out. you. No, 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 no. Yeah, this is not the Le- Anthony Anthony Irwin's amateur luxury tax hour. We're not do- we're not doing this tonight. They won the game. We can talk about other things. We, all you right. know, the guy that we need to talk about actually. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. We'll get all back. Right. We'll get back to Russ and Rondo and like functionally why that does not work. This is a radio tease, pro. Uh, but we got to talk about AD tonight because I-, I know there was the scary injury that's the headline, but he mm-hmm. was incredible as well in terms of just. Really, I think, enforcing his will in the paint in this game and, you know, doing all the things that your dad or your grandpa or the angry, you know, like people on Twitter get mad at him for not doing of like, oh, he just needs to be aggressive. Like tonight he was that guy. He was getting to the basket. He was attacking the rim. He didn't have the most efficient night. He did settle for some jumpers, but that's going to happen. And that's just kind of part of his game and getting his rhythm going. And, you know, that's part of AD. He's just not going to change the matter rhythm, but, but okay. Huh? I think those shots take him out of the rhythm, but okay. I mean, he's trying to get himself in rhythm. And when he hits those shots, it is, you know, that is a boon for the Lakers, I will say. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, he was really good, you know, just despite that injury scare and giving us all a collective heart attack. I just thought that this was a great game from AD that really kind of showed his mindset this year as I'm going to set the tone for this team. I'm going to kind of, you know, be the AD that we all want him to be a little bit. I know that you were less satisfied with his game, but I I thought he played really well tonight. I thought... So at, when he had, he had 27 points or 29 points on 27 attempts at one point. And, and I just don't think like, if you're an NBA center, like that's just not fantastic in my book. He, he, he only shot six tonight, Anthony. <laughs> Fair. Uh, he, shot, <laughs> he, he only shot six free throws, which I think some of it, like I thought the referees in this one were pretty bad on both sides. Like, I, I, so I know that you I know people are saying bad. I'm actually I don't want to say on the ref side, but I have enjoyed the way that refs have just yeah, called I, so many less fouls this year. It's been, it's it feels been, like I feel like it's made the game way more watchable. It's been an overcorrection, but I still think they're kind of figuring it out. Like they they for some reason I just, just aren't I'm sorry, there's nothing funnier anymore. to me. Like it's it's there's nothing funnier to me than watching someone like flail around for yeah. something that they would have gotten a foul and then just looking at the ref like they just slap them yeah. during the during the middle of play or something <laughs> when they don't call the foul it's amazing. I kind of want the referee to be allowed to flip off that player. Like 
when James yeah when I think, James Harden like you know does James Harden things and then you know looks at the referee like oh my god you didn't call that foul the referee should be allowed to just bam either at least twice a game double. you can you can give two middle fingers a game you have to reserve <laughs> them but you're allowed to do two middle fingers a game unless it's with James Harden specifically at which point unlimited middle fingers all of them unlimited it's like <laughs> the ref heating up it's like it's like <laughs> It's like James Harden. Anyway. It's like James Harden at Canes. Unlimited chicken fingers. Like it's just. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. <laughs> the joke had to be made, but <laughs> yeah, I saw the light in your eyes, and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> that one delighted me as it like as it popped into the head. But so like I, I just think I, I you know so to a certain extent the six free throws was somewhat ref based. But I think also, like, he picked a really tough spot in the game to start settling. There was, like, four minutes left, and he st- he took two back-to-back, like, tough fadeaway jumpers that I just, when you're being guarded by Keldon Johnson or even Jakob Poodle, 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 Poodle. Uh, when, it, when you're being guarded by any of those guys, like, you got, you have to at least shoot vertically, not fading away. You don't, I'm not even saying you have to be getting something going to the basket, but shoot straight up. Just, just in in those moments, and and I think now that said, what he did in the overtime was incredible. I thought he was phenomenal yeah. in the overtime, all over the court, uh, despite having just banged his knee. Which, thank goodness, it was he leads the league in looking like he has almost died and then attempting a lob on oh the next God. play. Like I'm, I'm half yeah. convinced that it's now like a feint to get the defense <laughs> off guard. Like he's not actually <laughs> hurting himself. He just wants them to think that he's injured, and then he goes for the lob. It's like that's like Rondo yeah. for sure has told him. I to kind try of, that. I kind of wish you wouldn't have pointed that out, just in case other teams start figuring out that trend. Yes, you know, other teams lead their scouting <laughs> with the Lakers Lounge podcast. It's. <laughs> Late late Tuesday nights, they're waiting for our thoughts. They're just sitting there, they're like, oh man, I need some strategic insight from Anthony Irwin. Well, in this case, it'd be from Harrison Fagan and and you know Yeah, but it's you we all know it's you that they stay for. They're like, all right. It's for chicken fingers. I need, jokes. I need a real I need a former I need a former junior varsity coach to break this down for me. It was I was a varsity coach. But like it, it oh, okay. he was it's for it's for it's for terrible chicken fingers jokes and the occasional just breadcrumb insight of, into the Lakers secret breadcrumb yes. of of like horribly flawed logic. That's the tagline of the Lakers lounge. Terrible chicken fingers jokes. Yeah, I mean that sums it up. I think. <laughs> and the occasional poorly poorly put logic. All right, um, I you 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 were talking about eighty. One of the other things that we wanted to get to before we got out of here was the benefit of having AD and Dwight specifically. Not DeAndre Jordan, but Dwight specifically. I thought uh, they really changed the game in that fourth quarter where they out them. They did the things, like Alex just said this on yesterday's Taco Tuesday, where he said, like, if you are going to play a big lineup, be yes. big. Like if you are going to if you are going to lean on physicality and athleticism, bigger, stronger, faster, then you have to actually reap the rewards of those lineups. Yes, exactly. And I thought that they did that tonight. You actually kind of saw where Dwight was missed down the stretch a couple times when like they could not get a rebound. And I literally thought they were going to lose that game yeah. because Melo just does not box out. He's just decided that's Man. something he does not do at 37 Dan years Rang, old anymore. If, you got, if you're uh, listening to this right now, I apologize. I was wrong. Melo is a fucking terrible rebounder. He is so bad at this. 
Yeah, he does, no. It's I don't even think that it's a, he's a terrible rebounder. He just does not try to rebound. You know, like he does not do the things necessary to get rebound. Like I think that theoretically he probably could rebound yeah. if he no, wanted he's, to. He's just decided he's phenomenal that at, like, like the the ball gets bounced exactly to him in rhythm where he can go up and snatch it and tell everybody FOH gets, this is my rebound, but in not in, in yeah. Uh, I, I I love that Billy Mack as an aside described that tonight as Melo said he's like he's like get out of the way guys I got it and it's like no I'm sure that's exactly what he said Billy you know you nailed it <laughs> but yeah I, I I like that you I'm glad that you pointed this out I think this is twofold I think this conversation has to and the rim protection too it wasn't just the rebounds it was like it, it was all of the big it was, things it was exactly why Vogel would like those lineups in the first place right and and it turns out, like, when Dwight, on a night that Dwight seems to have, like, you know, his kind of legs under him, he, you know, had had a couple iffy games leading into yeah. this one. I thought this was kind of by far his best game of the season so far, or at least his best extended kind of shift, especially down the stretch of that fourth quarter. That Like, that was the best we've seen Dwight this year. And, you know, it shows that there are merits to having kind of that, you know, vertical, especially sure. when you have iffy perimeter defenders Mm -hmm. having that amount of arms at the basket like there are moments where that will make a difference for you if that person can still play nba basketball something i'm no longer like sure that deandre jordan could do yeah i i I just i haven't been optimistic about deandre jordan in the first place and to this point it hasn't exactly made me rethink any of my stances on on deandre jordan um I, i i do like also like you it's all. It's not just from like a statistical standpoint and a tangible standpoint that you can really see the difference when Dion, when uh, when Dwight Howard and AD are right and in rhythm together. Because I also think it's going to take a little while for those guys to get back into a rhythm, which is all the more reason, in my opinion, why Dwight and AD should start together, because that's how you just you guarantee yourself minutes for those guys just consistently. So if they want to, like, they are going to be at a mathematical disadvantage when the two of those guys are out there together. And if you are going to start a big, it has to be Dwight. Like it, it, it just has to be. Yeah. I just, I, I've been like, I, I've been sitting around. This is the saddest admission, but I've been sitting around like racking my brain, trying to think about, okay, like what are the possible non-basketball reasons to like play DeAndre? Cause I've just said it like, it cannot possibly it's be basketball. basketball. It, there's nothing that they are seeing on tape that they're like, you know, I kind of liked what I saw from DJ this right. shift. Like that's just not something that's going on. And I mean, either they're hoping that he can get it together. If they give him some more minutes that he'll kind of get, maybe he's just starting slow and he'll get his legs mm-hmm. under him and he'll adapt to their scheme or whatever. I mean, I'm again, I'm, no, 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 I know, I know. I'm not yeah. saying I necessarily believe this, or it's just like, we want to keep him engaged because we know that we're going to have injuries and we will need him at points this year and we just need him to stay engaged. But I just don't know that I can get there, that any of that is worth kind of what we're watching yeah. to start games. You know, I, I just don't think I can see the arguments. I just don't think that they outweigh the arguments against. No, not, not even close. So I, I, I think we've, we've, that book is written. It has been read a few times over. We can go ahead and move on now. You know, well, I, I, yeah. Frank Vogel can can go ahead and move on. Last and speaking of lineups that don't work, we got we the, the Russ Rondo oh, yeah, thing. Sorry, it, second it just, to last thing. So Russ, yeah, Russ so Rondo, just, like why it, it it's it's easy at this point because that's basically what it has turned into. Every time those two are on the court together at the same time, 
everybody who was within earshot of a TV is saying, what the bleep? What are we doing here? And 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 while that is, frankly, enough, <laughs> uh, enough analysis for, for my liking, I think it's also worth it to, to take a, a, a quick second and just kind of say, like, why is it that those two don't necessarily work together? So, Harrison, I'll... I'll you haven't spoken in like three weeks, so I'll 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 give way to you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, I, I think, you know, obviously there. I think that I don't think that it's necessarily an indictment on either player, and I want to make that clear. I, I think that Rondo can have moments where he helps his team, especially on nights where Russ is yeah. out or you know things like that. Like he is valuable point guard insurance in that I think that he can play every so often and have a benefit for this team. He still has great chemistry with AD, all of that stuff. It's And same thing with Russ. This is not an indictment of Russ that he cannot play with Rondo. It's just that if either of those guys are going to be on the floor, you are completely kind of misusing them to the point of malpractice if you're playing them together because it's like the only benefit that you're getting out of either of them really for the most part Russ you have to play alongside LeBron even if the fit's not perfect because he does so many other things and he's so important to mm-hmm. this team like Russ and Rondo you know if you're having Russ go stand off ball for Rondo like what are you right. doing and then if you're having Rondo go stand off ball for Russ why is he on the right. floor and then if you have both of those guys out there together it's just like it's it's something beyond barbecued chicken defensively because they don't have the size or the length on the perimeter that you really need to make a difference or the foot speed really or in Rondo's case more so than Russ's Russ has like foot, decent yeah. foot speed defensively and can do some things but Rondo doesn't and they're giving up you're giving up a ton of size you're giving up kind of just a ton of defensive they both gamble most of the game defensively yeah they both gamble like and you know you don't have like, like one solid defender between those two guys it's just offensively and defensively, they do not work together. And I just, I, I am tired of watching it. I just, I, they were going away from it before LeBron got hurt. So I'm guessing they probably will not continue to try it. And, uh, you know, I get that they were down to bare bones roster but even tonight. There, though, so like, stuff see, happens. That, that's the but, thing that, like, because yeah. that was, that was the argument. Well, like, you know, they only have so many guys and, and those guys, like, you know. It, it, I guess maybe been, you just only play Rondo when that's Russ all I'm saying. Like, you yeah. just stagger him. You just, if that's if that's yeah. the way that you're going to approach this, why at any point hinder Russell Westbrook if he is now your second best player? Like you can't do it. And I don't even think that Rondo like hindered him that much offensively tonight because they had like other shooters, like other guys were playing well. Russ was really going to the rim. It kind of I don't think that offensively was the issue. It's just defensively. You cannot have Rondo and Melo and Russ on the floor at the same time. It just does. Rondo not. was a game worst. Uh, well, Lakers worst uh, minus fifteen tonight, which. Yeah. Sounds about right. Speaking of plus minus, your favorite stat. Yeah. We got to talk about. We got to talk about Malik, Malik Monk. Bulletproof Monk, my boy. <laughs> no, I, I. So this also deserves. So we did this, or I, I talked about this after uh, Melo had his big game last game, right? Where where Melo's going to have big scoring games that don't necessarily impact the game much. Like that. That has been a lot of his career, quite frankly, and 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 so like for for. What I enjoyed about Melo going off the other night for 26 or 28 points, whatever the, the total wound up being, was that his plus minus was right there with it. His plus minus was like plus double digits as well. And, and that tells me that not only was he scoring, but he was also doing the other things that you need to do out there to impact the game positively. And, and I think here in this one, while Malik Monk didn't exactly go off for the 26 or 28 points that Melo did the last game, 
He did go for 17 points. He shot 10 three-pointers, which tells me that that tells the defense that you have to pay attention to this guy and and winds up finishing the game. This is a banana stat. Like, I know plus-minus is a flawed stat, and I know some people kind of roll their eyes when I keep bringing it up. Plus 31 in a game you won by, like, yeah. five is insane. Plus 31 yeah. is banana. Like, that's insane. And that's where, that's where you can In a blowout win, that. it's not that insane. Like, if you beat a team by, like, 20, yeah. like, there will be guys with, like, a plus 30 or whatever it is because that's just kind of how it goes. But, like, plus 31 in an overtime game that you won by, I think, four yeah. points is That means every time ludicrous. Malik Monk stepped onto the court, they went on a run. Like yeah. every single time he stepped onto the basketball court, the Lakers immediately gained like four or five points, just like that. And 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 the longer that he stayed on the court, like it was it was all the more beneficial. And and again, like just like we explained with Rajon Rondo and Russell Westbrook not necessarily fitting together, like it, it's worth again examining why is it that Malik Monk was as impactful to, as he was tonight. And and, and <laughs> when it comes down to, he's the anti Rondo. Like, he doesn't need the ball in his hands a ton. The defense has to pay attention to him wherever he stands on the basketball court. He actually does occasionally try defensively to make the right play that isn't a gamble. And, and, and like, he was getting burned, by the way. Jakob Hurdle went on, like, every other play tonight was some pick and roll where the person he was screening died on the screen and then stayed dead while Pirtle rolled to the basket. Jakob Pertl, career high, 27, 27 points, points for, for that haunted elevator. He has never scored more than 20 game. points in a game before tonight. Couldn't you see him? Like, I tweeted this, and I know I, I re- rehashing jokes isn't great. But, like, couldn't you see him at the Tower of Terror in, in downtown? No, Disney? I envisioned exactly what you were talking about, the haunted bellhop <laughs> yeah. outfit. Yeah, all that. Although it's it's uh, it's the Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, Tower thing. They don't have Tower of oh. Terror anymore. That's gone. Well. It's it's a trade up. That's a that's a mission breakout. Yeah, no, that, it's pretty yeah. cool. It's yeah, I would never ride that ride. It's too scary. But the <laughs> story when you're walking in in line is pretty cool. <laughs> I would never ride that ride. It's too scary. Harrison Fagan says about him. I just, ride it I downtown Disney. I cannot do drops. I just can't. I have a panic attack every time. <laughs> I can't do it. Like it's hard to believe you're out for three weeks from podcasting too hard. <laughs> yeah, I may be out another three weeks after this if people make fun of me enough. All right, well, I'm. I, we do have to give that shout out to Malik Monk. Uh, there, a lot yes. of the attention lately has been spent on Austin Reeves because he just kind of came out of nowhere, and, and frankly, other factors. But like Malik Monk has been fantastic. His fellow, his his fellow Arkansas product. since he came Arkansas. since he what like all preseason was one of the Lakers' better players. Uh, I thought started the season a little slow, but he was recovering from a groin thing. He was having a breakout before he had the groin yeah. strain, and then all the and then he yeah a little slow, but he he got going yeah. tonight. He actually had you're gonna love. I don't know if you saw Jacob tweeting uh, his quotes from the press conference, but <laughs> Jacob is in the post game Zoom. Yeah, here get yeah. ready for this. So Malik Monk, Malik Monk said tonight was like a home game. Said he's never seen anything like it. Quote besides when the Lakers were playing against <laughs> us in Charlotte. <laughs> His efficiency then extends he said, to off the court. Way to go, Malik. Yes. He added, I think every shot I shoot is going yeah. in, which is, you know, accurate. He plays yeah. like it. And he also said, I got unlimited range, which, again, you know, it's hard to argue with given that, like, incredibly ballsy pull-up in the <laughs> fourth quarter when everybody – you could hear the entire world that was watching what? that game scream, what are you doing? Oh, my God, it, he made yeah. it. Like, no – 
he hallucinates. You know how we have that running bit where KCP has one play a game where he hallucinates that <laughs> he's LeBron, Jordan, yeah. and you like never. Malik had a play where he like hallucinated that he was Steph Curry in the middle of a forty point game, and just like pulled up from damn near the half court logo, and you know like hit it. Yeah, he incredible. He, I, it was funny when that happened. We didn't even say like holy shit, holy shit. It was we all sat there in silence. Because we couldn't yeah. believe he just took that shot. So while it's in the air, he's just like, did they? Did we miss a buzzer? Did somebody blow a whistle? Yeah. <laughs> and then the shot goes in, and he's like pointing at like three fingers and all this stuff. And we're like, that counted? <laughs> Dude, I would love to get a pan to front. Like, the, the Lakers need to release footage of a camera just trained on Frank yeah. Vogel during that right. possession behind Malik yeah. and just see what he did. <laughs> like, did he nearly pass out before kind of coming back to life and celebrating? You know, I, I, I need to see this. But I actually had a nickname suggestion I wanted to run by you. I know the Hornets announcer called him Malik Monk, the god of dunk. Uh-huh. Like, the you know, it rhymes. It's nice. But, like, so we got Austin Reeves is from Arkansas. We got the nickname Hillbilly okay. Kobe. You know, Malik Monk, also from Arkansas. Should we just call him, like, Hey Allen? You know, like he's... Oh my God. <laughs> like, Bale's a hey? Because he's, like, Ray Allen? No, like, he's, like, he's Hillbilly Ray <laughs> Allen? I still prefer Bulletproof Monk, but, you know, it's your call. Either way. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start... I'm going to get the Hey Allen thing going and see if I get canceled. <laughs> I I feel like Hey Allen is less problematic than Hillbilly Kobe. Yeah, that's probably fair. Honestly, that's like less offensive, right? (laughs) I don't think either are offensive, but yeah, I'm I'm here. Yeah, I'm I'm here for all. Some people are really angry about the Hillbilly. All we got to do, all we got to do, is get out in front of LeBron giving anybody a nickname. Like we got to give as many nicknames. That's exactly it. We need to figure this out before LeBron starts to call him something and just ruins his career because (laughs) it's like. He called Troy Daniels layup, and I don't think he made a shot after that. Like the enti- his entire like how many LeBron, la- how many LeBron. layups has Troy Daniels made in his life? I mean, I know it's no. Well, he called him layup. He said we call him layup because layup every three. three is like yeah, a layup yeah, for him. But, yeah, yeah, but and then I don't think he hit a three like his entire season with the Lakers. <laughs> like I don't. All right. Well, shouts to Monk for for going off the way he did. Thank you, goodness, that the Lakers beat the San Antonio Spurs. I. For me, living out here in Texas, I get to look smug at all of my neighbors tomorrow. It's going to be great. I cannot wait for that. Uh, so thank you, Lakers, for that. And then the Lakers play right away tomorrow against the Oklahoma City Thunder on the second night of a back-to-back. It was funny to see people saying, like, you know, you maybe can sit AD here, and even if you lose the second night of you aren't losing to the Oklahoma City Thunder. The, the Thunder, like, actively tried to lose basketball games. Yeah, especially with Russ playing in Oklahoma City again. Like, you think he's not going to be juiced for that yeah, game? Yeah, he might. I think he's already scored. He he might rip. They're going to, like, remember the whole Kobe, like, farewell tour, how he got, like, the warm well. Like, that's how they're going to treat him coming home. Like, because they, like, the Thunder fans know that their team is not competing for anything. That, yeah. Tomorrow's just going to be an excuse for them to cheer for Russ again. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he, yeah. Russ, I would not be surprised if Russ has, like, 40 points. Do you think Malik Monk is just going to think the Lakers never play away games? I mean, he. It is truly hilarious to hear him be that a young guy be that honest. <laughs> like having, because usually you don't get young guys that like were you know played for like kind of you know a mediocre to like small market team, like a very small market yeah. team that wasn't that great. Like, and then they still end up on the Lakers, you know, right mm-hmm. afterwards at the stage when they're still young and honest and unfiltered yeah. enough to say something <laughs> like that. You know, like that was 
Uh, that is honestly like the most endearing post game quote we've gotten all year. Yeah, it's like in a while. I didn't realize that like you could have this many fans <laughs> on the road. Like or home. Malik Monk is like Malik Monk is like let me play for free next many, season. Like I don't need I don't need a contract. I just let me play for how exposure. How many uh <laughs> How many sellout games do you think he had at Charlotte? It couldn't have been high. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I mean, how many times do the Lakers go to town? <laughs> Like that Once was season. That's probably the answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers. <laughs> How mad do you think Michael Jordan gets hearing that? Like he's like, he's like, can we cut him again? <laughs> hey, you know what? Now that I think about Michael it, Jordan's they... going to slap him again at the next Hornets game. <laughs> like just... <laughs> he's definitely not getting a thank you Malik video. He... <laughs> no, no chance. <laughs> It's just going to be footage of him on the bench getting DNP CDs. It's gonna... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lounge. Happy to be back talking basketball. Happy that Harrison is back here to do so with me. Uh, we got to figure out which city it is he's going to piss off tomorrow. We got to start doing that. Like every time you and I get together, I'm going to predict which market. This time it's going to be Charlotte. But <laughs> which market? <laughs> I didn't send any tweets. See, they don't come for the podcast. I- I'm fine on here. This is my safe space. <laughs> well, hopefully that changes soon. All right. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Make sure you check out the lowdown as well. I'm about to record that. Um, and then over the course of the week, we have another great guest lined up. And, uh, Aaron and I will wrap up the week with the hook. Until all of that, I'm Anthony Irwin. That was Harrison Fagan. Have a good one, everybody.